Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Open Mic. I'm Logan here with Coco today, and we have two special guests on Open Mic today. We've got David Chan here, and we've got Sarah (laughs) Datoma with us. David is a resident here at High Street doing our 11th month program where he's going through Bible courses, practical ministry courses. He's on our youth staff. And then we have Sarah. Sarah is our former young adult intern getting ready to go do some awesome things in ministry. Guys, how y'all doing today? I'm doing good. I feel good today. It's nice. Yeah. It's sunny out. Can't the weather's complain. beautiful. So, yeah. Ready to rock. Yeah, D-Chan, tell us your favorite part about being a part of the Institute here at High Street. Yeah, so being a part of this Institute has taught me a lot. I think my favorite parts has to be just the practical aspect. Um, before I joined the Institute, I did not know that it took so many different moving parts um, to run a church and to run any ministry. It really does take a whole village, or in this sense, a whole community um, to get High Street going. And mm-hmm. it's just been super cool to see um, and meet the people who work here and grow relationships there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, my favorite part about being involved in the Institute in general at High Street um, is just learning how to serve God in a multitude of different ways. Um, learning all about what it looks like, like D-Chan said, behind the scenes um, and with people in all kinds of different ways. Man, that's awesome. And we, I mean, I get to be with both of you and serve along both of you. And it's so awesome. DJ and I know today we learned about budgets. We did. Uh, so I know some of you are out there like, what Church do they, budget what do they, and personal <laughs> budgets. We yeah. just, the whole okay. thing. All right. um, I even learned some stuff. So uh, it's a good time. But hey, today, you know, we are going to be talking about God goggles. And that's a part of our language here at Young Adults. And um, I was thinking about this and I, we were about to do this podcast. And two <laughs> nights ago, I did something really stupid. I've never done this. I've worn contacts ever since I was a freshman in college. And I went to sleep with my contacts in. And I was like, I woke up the next day and I was like rubbing my eye. And I was like, what is the problem? And all of a sudden, my contact fell out. And I was like, what did I, <laughs> what have I done? I literally was like, oh. I am not well. And then I realized I left my contacts in and I was mm. shook. I had no idea that I did that. I have a pretty strong nighttime routine, you know, and so I was. You must have been just, real sleepy. I was. It was. It was after young adults, so you know, we were just. Been on the grind all day. Just on Thank the grind. You. So today I'm wearing my glasses because they just need my eyes need a little break. And so mm. perfect intro to the fact that we're talking about having God goggles. Mm. So what does that mean to have God goggles? Yeah, you got your God goggles on, Coco, right <laughs> now. So, They're on. Um, I love it. So D Chan, you you've been around and part of our community for a while. When we say God yeah. goggles, we feel like it's. It's rooted out of scripture. What do we mean by that? I think when I think of God goggles, I think it's just having an eternal perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's so important. We talk about it in Romans. We see in Romans 8, um, spirit, spirit bears witness with, with our spirit that we're children of God mm-hmm. and that we're heirs with God and that we're, consi- we're called to essentially share gospel mm-hmm. and, and to suffer in it with him if we do get persecuted. But I think just having that internal perspective because there's souls at stake. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. I think, too, I think you're talking about Romans near the end of the Bible. I'm thinking back to Genesis in the beginning. We're, we're heirs, but we're also image bearers. Mm. Um, and that's not just us um, as children of God, but every creation, um, every man is an image bearer of the Lord. And so I think that's what I think of when I think of God goggles. I think of seeing people as they were created um, and that we're all image bearers of Christ. 
Sarah, so what does it look like practically for you to um, have God goggles? I mean, we talk a lot about that even on Tuesday nights for young adults and Sunday mornings. Um, but we know that, I mean, we asked you both to be on this podcast because we feel like both of you do a really great job to really see people the way God sees them and have those intentional conversations. So tell us practically, what does that look like in your life? Yeah, I think for me, um, a big thing is just remembering um, how I felt when I first came to High Street, when I first stepped foot in any situation that I didn't feel comfortable or didn't have a large group of people surrounding me. Um, and so I think bringing myself back down to a level of, okay, I, I was scared and I was lonely and I needed someone to just say hi um, and to make me feel excited to be there. Um, and so I think that's a big thing for me um, is just seeing people where they are, um, being interested in the things that they're interested in when I'm talking to them, um, and ultimately just, yeah, making people feel like they belong in the space that they are. Yeah, and I, I want to piggyback off that, too. Um, I'll take it a little further back is when, even before I had a relationship with Christ, I never wanted to step foot in a church, mm -hmm. yet alone, like a student ministry at the time, mm -hmm. since we both came from a student, uh, STUMO, which is a college ministry at most state. But I just remember of the guys that would reach out to me and just pursue me um, relentlessly, uh, mm -hmm. loving me, even though I was not easy to love at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then now being able to take those um, same lessons and bring it here. It's mm -hmm. like, it is hard, especially nowadays to try and get plugged in, especially like that post-graduate, yeah. post-college age. Yeah. It, it just feels really nerve-wracking at times. Mm -hmm. So just being empathetic and understanding that, hey, not everyone is where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, and you weren't at where you're at at one point either. You just needed a helping hand. So yeah. just being yeah. that. That's, yeah, that's so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you guys both, um, you know, have a story of coming to faith a little bit later uh, in, in life. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, what was that experience like? Do y'all see people differently now that you have a relationship with Jesus than you did before? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I feel like before I had a relationship with Jesus, I wasn't thinking much about other people. Um, I was a lot more concerned with myself um, in a prideful way, um, but mostly in an insecurity way, uh, which also is a little bit rooted in pride, I think. And so I just was constantly thinking about what other people were thinking about me. Um, and so I wasn't mm. thinking anything about anyone else. And so I think that it's it's encouraging to other people, but it's also a burden off my shoulders to not have to be so concerned about myself and I can relocate that focus onto others. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think it takes a burden off my shoulders um, and it helps other people too. Yeah, I think for me, um, now after having a relationship with Christ, before I was just selfish. Um, I grew up by myself in the sense of being an only child. So, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. that comes with getting what I, I want. Um, but in the sense of a relationship with other people, I just thought of myself because I didn't have to worry about anyone else. Mm -hmm. But now, after having a relationship with Christ, I just feel like we're called to a bigger purpose and that mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're not living for this world, we're living for the next. Yeah. Um, and I'm reminded every day that we are travelers and that mm -hmm. all we can do is just kind of invite more people to come home, our true home with mm -hmm. us one day. Um, so just understand that our seats to be filled um, mm -hmm. is the one thing that I'm like, okay, this is real, whatever the outcome is, like we're on mission, so. Yeah, yeah that's good. And, and I think of it like this, the, wh why Coco is, why is it not our natural tendency? They both mentioned like a little bit selfishness, yeah. right? Mm, You're focused on yourself, and sometimes that's because of your own insecurities. Sometimes it's just general pride. 
Coco, why is, why is that like our tendency? Why is it hard sometimes to have your God goggles on and to see people the way mm-hmm. God sees them? I think one of the biggest barriers for me is laziness. Because I can, you know, it, it takes effort to have, like, a meaningful conversation. And so why would I go talk to a random person when I can hang out with my friends? Mm-hmm. Or why at the grocery store should I, like, engage with this person who, like, is looking at me and smiling? Like, maybe I should talk to them. And so I think, like, there's barriers that we put up, whether it's pride, laziness, um, worried of, you know, what people are going to think, just so many different things. And I think, DJ, and what you said that I love is like when we put our God goggles on, that puts us on mission. And I think so many of us like, like really lack um, a sense of mission or a sense of purpose. Mm. But I love this topic because every one of us that has a relationship with Jesus, we don't have to live this life that's like missionless or purpose purposeless mm-hmm. like we actually get set on mission when we start to look at people the way God sees them and then it just changes the game it's like instead of just being like cool like I just do things for myself it's like actually like I got to share the gospel with somebody or I got to encourage somebody or love somebody um, the way that Christ would and so it's so fulfilling because we get to have these conversations and um, I love that the Bible talks about God has good things in store for us and we have to walk in those uh, in those things. And so I'm always praying like, God, would you give me eyes to see who I'm supposed to talk to? Like that's my prayer when I come into church on Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, whatever it may be. I'm like, God, I can talk to whoever I want to talk to, right? But I'm like, Holy Spirit, will you lead me and guide me and like let me have conversations and like stay in that extended conversation for a while if I need to. Mm -hmm. And I find that when I pray that, like God gives me opportunities. Yeah. And you've, you've said conversations a couple times and it's, it's our theme for the year for our church is having the conversations that matter the most. Yes. You can talk about, you name it. That's just casual convo, but so many people go their whole life without anyone ever really engaging them in a conversation that matters. And so um, that that's why we're talking about this. And Coco, you and I are both extroverted. We mm-hmm. like talking to people. But here's the thing. Just because I'm extroverted, doesn't I can talk with a whole lot of people on a Tuesday <laughs> night at Young Adults or while I'm out and about in the community. I can talk with people, but never go past surface level. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're an introvert and it's a stretch for you to even have that conversation or an extrovert. And you're like, sometimes it's harder for me to dive deep into a conversation because I'm looking to go to the next one. And it's, it's a challenge for all of us, but we are all called and commanded to go and make disciples, to share mm-hmm. the hope that we have. And, um, you know, I think of you, Sarah, you are one of the most intentional people I know about like practically just taking steps in your life to invest in others. Mm-hmm. Can you just break down some of those like practical things you do? Like, do you, do you schedule yeah. it out? Do you plan it? How do you, how are you so good at it? Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I think I, I do have to be really intentional because I'm, I'm also very extroverted. And when you said in a lot of conversations, it's easy for me to be like thinking about the next conversation, looking past the person I'm talking to, um, to see another person, um, which is hard. Um, but so I do have to be really intentional about that. And I think one thing that I really try to do is I remember that people are not going to naturally draw towards the Lord if they're not walking with the Lord. Um, and so a lot of times I have to put myself in situations to be around lost people. Um, so that can be, I can look like a, a variety of different things. Um, but a, a big part of my ministry in college was in my sorority. And so a lot of times that's just going to sorority events. Girls go alone. They don't have anyone to sit with. Um, 
I helped move freshmen into the dorms this year, um, doing things that I wouldn't naturally um, want to do. Um, but I think kind of back to what DJ was saying, having an eternal perspective um, really shifts my view on those things um, and helps me see those things as really important. There's girls that I met the first day of school who I helped move into their dorm um, that I've gotten to see come into a relationship with the Lord this year. And so I think taking advantage of small things like that um, and just being present is one of the biggest ways um, that I do that in my life. Sarah, I remember when you told me that you were going to go help freshmen move into the dorms, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that is that is sacrifice. And that's good. It, that's great for you, Sarah. It's so amazing, but um, it was fun. Is, uh, it's hard work, you it know, was really especially fun. in August. So <laughs> I was so proud of you when you did that. I was like, wow. <laughs> Come on, Sarah. I love that. And, and I love that, like, there's, there's a boundary. Like, there's obviously used wisdom as you go and do things with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's certain situations you wouldn't put yourself in. But I love that you mentioned you're in a sorority. It's something you were already a part of. Yeah. And you just went and did that. I think that's some of the most practical advice is like, mm-hmm. what do you like to do? Yeah. What hobbies do you have? What are you interested in? What would you go enjoy doing with someone else? Or what do people enjoy doing? And go and do that. Yeah. D-Chan, what does that look like for you? I mean, you're meeting guys all the time, I feel like. And uh, how, do, how do you just bring them along with you? Yeah, I think for me, uh, I'm definitely more introverted um, compared to you guys being more extroverted. Um, so for me, it's a lot more one-on-one time in the sense of my, my favorite place to go is coffee shops. So half the time, it's they have stuff to do and I have stuff to do. So we just kind of all go hang out. I'm like, hey, come along. Let's get some work done. And What's your go-to coffee shop in Springfield? Ooh, Switch, but Eurasia. Whoa, Throwing it back. It, wow. Hey, it's a throwback for Wow. Me. It is secluded. <laughs> it's quiet. Good. <laughs> place for intentional conversation that's secret (laughs) i sit sit in that little nook under the stairs that's for me and the boys (laughs) you know ferda but i think just in those moments where you just do life on life that's when you have those conversations that you're not expecting Um, and i think for guys it's really hard sometimes to uh, maybe logan you can expand on this to talk about your feelings um I'm a little bit more in tune with my feelings, but I know with guys throughout the years, especially in fraternity life, it can be really hard mm-hmm. just because, man, you're just called to be loud, just be, um, just how like how the world calls you to be is just hard. But I think it's just through those day-to-day, life-to-life, you, you start trusting each other. Um, mm-hmm. That's the key, just developing relationships that way. And I think for myself personally, speaking to guys, I felt so isolated. Like mm-hmm. I had great community even in college, Christian community, yeah. but I still... Like, I remember being 18, 19, and feeling like, man, nobody else struggles with sin like I do. Mm -hmm. And Satan uses that lie to isolate people. It doesn't matter if you're a guy, a girl, you could be at any stage of life, but you're not alone, you know? And that's what I think is a roadblock for people sharing their true feelings, what's really going on with them at times is that lie. But we have to, you know, push past that and Mm -hmm. see that, man, everybody's in the same boat. All are sinful and have fallen short of the glory of God. And we all need help. We all need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, making us more like Christ. And Scripture is very clear. We do, like, we become more uh, Christ-like by confessing our sins, by being in community, spending time with other people. Coco, how would you say uh, it's a benefit? Like, describe the benefit of being part of a group of people who see people with their God goggles on. Why is the church different? Yeah, I feel like, I mean like anything when if, I, if I'm just doing it on my own I don't have motivation to do it um, but I love that like in our community we have like a group me and all, anytime someone's sharing with somebody or invited someone to church or they just like saw someone the way God sees them uh, they throw that in the group me and it spurs me on to like want to do that I'm like oh man I, 
Logan invites someone to to church from the restaurant or whatever, it's like, <laughs> cool, like I need to do that next time I go. And so it's just really encouraging. And I think too, like, you know, I live with my sister and our and we have a roommate and like it's encouraging because we'll see something and then we're like, okay, this next person, like where we go out to eat, we're gonna all invite this person. Mm-hmm. Or okay, we're gonna go get our nails done, we're inviting this person. But like we like keep each other accountable to like invite people. And um, yeah, I think that's there's power in a team to keep pushing each other towards that. And the Bible talks about that uh, to be able to uh, spur each other on to love and mm-hmm. good works. And so um, that's just the practical side of community um, and the team. And so that's why I feel like so grateful because I think when we don't have a team to continue to like pursue that together, we just lose sight of the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I would funny. agree. I mean, I think apathy is probably one of the yeah. most dangerous things we can mm-hmm. we face mm-hmm. today um, i think satan wants to to use that distraction uh, of apathy and just to grow it in us because we can fall under the whole uh, idea of man i'm too busy yeah. to talk to people or i'm too busy to to meet with people mm-hmm. uh, or even fall under a false impression of oh i don't have to talk to them i hear from so and so that they're good mm-hmm. but like That's i good. said like having that community i think for me at least has uh, just really encouraged me and also just mm-hmm. pushed me. I know I've had yeah. Logan and Jared and uh, you guys here as well just push me when I have been struggling at times. And what mm-hmm. that does is just God shows up in those moments mm-hmm. and just grows us and grows and continues to sanctify us in those moments. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Sarah, Sarah, how do you like, um, what does it look like for you, like loving on these girls that you spend time with? Mm-hmm. What does it look like, like, practically for you to have God goggles on with them? Like how, how is your relationship with them different? Why do they keep wanting to hang out with you? Yeah, I think something I've noticed um, just in hanging out with any age of girls, I spend a lot of time with younger girls in college, um, but even now I'm trying to be around older women um, and, and soak up information and knowledge from them. And I think one thing that is common across the board is that girls and I think people just in general just want to be listened to and they want to be understood Um, and the world is not listening like the world's not listening to younger girls whose parents are going through a divorce they're not listening um, to any any of the hard things that are going on and I think that it's what like what you said earlier people have conversations every day they have hundreds of conversations in a week um but how many of those conversations are about anything that really matters Mm -hmm. um and so I think that that's something that is attractive um not just attracting girls to me but just attractive of believers in general is that we we can draw people in because we have a genuine interest in their lives um and we want to learn from them um and we want to we want to let them know that they're valued by Christ first and foremost but also that they're valued by us um, and so I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and you said valued. That's where I was. My mind was already going. Anyways, mm-hmm. is that th- I think there's like a surface level. It's like we love everybody, we value mm-hmm. everybody in our world. But when you look at the the historical narrative of our world across the globe, people have been not valued, mm-hmm. not seen the way that God sees them. You think about all the atrocities um, that have been committed against entire groups of people that have been mm-hmm. committed against uh, people. It, it's, it comes down to not seeing someone as someone that was knitted together in their yeah. mother's womb, mm-hmm. created for a purpose and for a reason. Yeah. And that's why the church matters so much. Not only that we gather, but also that we go outward is because we are sharing with people that, yes, you are valued. You have a plan. There's a plan and a purpose mm-hmm. for your life. And that's why I love being a part of the church because you always have people come up to you and they're like, man, 
y'all are just so welcoming here. Mm. Y'all, y'all just really love people here. And you know what they're saying? Is they're saying they don't know it yet, but they're seeing the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of believers. Yeah. And so they don't know how to articulate it yet if they're not saved, but they, that's what they're seeing. And what they're seeing is people looking at someone else and saying, you have value because you were created by God. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Yeah. I mean, I think, Sarah, as you're talking about that, like all of us as humans have like needs that we need met. Yeah. And then some one of them is acceptance. And all of us need that. And so it's so interesting because a lot of people come and, and, you know, we see them out. And right now, like, Satan wants everyone to be isolated. And so, like, for us to be like, hey, no, actually, you're accepted here. And, like, we want you to come and belong here and be a part of our community. It just changes the game for people. And so we know as believers that, like, when we have – uh, this community, like it just changes everything. And so that's why I think too, I'm like, I want to have this conversation to invite someone to my small group. I want to have this conversation to see where they're at spiritually, because I know like we have the good news and we can tell them that and it can change them and their family forever. Yeah. Yeah. Something I'm kind of picking up little pieces about what everyone's saying. Um, and it reminded me of this story in Luke five, um, where Jesus cleanses a leper. Um, and you're talking about acts done against people groups um in the old testament a lot of that a lot of hatred um was cast towards lepers um because it was dangerous and it got other people sick um but that was a group of outcasts um and in this story i think it's really sweet and it really goes along with what we're talking about here is that um one of the lepers in the city uh approaches Jesus, which already is a big deal um, because they're in their own community. Um, They're not supposed to branch out. They're not supposed to be around other people without leprosy, um, and especially not Jesus, who's the son of God. Um, And so I think that is in relation to what having God goggles on in a church looks like. There's people who are maybe stepping into a church for the first time in years, maybe the first time in their life. They're stepping out of a community that's comfortable and a community where they feel like they belong um, and trying to take a step towards Jesus, just like this leper is. Um, and in this story, he he bows down um, and begs at Jesus' feet to heal him and make him clean. And he calls Jesus Lord, um, which tells us that this guy had genuine faith in Jesus. Um, that wasn't a name that everyone called Jesus. Um, And then Jesus goes on to say he touches the leper, which is a huge deal. I mean, this guy has leprosy. Um, Jesus could get sick. He could die of leprosy. Um, But Jesus sees this man for who he is. He sees him as an image bearer of Christ. And he reaches out and he touches them and and tells him, I will be clean. Um, And so I think we have such a cool opportunity within a church. There's people walking in here who... Are, are feeling scared. They maybe don't feel like they belong in a church. Um, and maybe the people in the church don't feel like they belong. All of the people in the community that that leper stepped into probably didn't think he belonged there. Um, but we have an opportunity as the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to reach out um, and to touch people. Um, and we can't save people, but we can point them towards the one person who can. Um, and so I was just reminded of that. Um, and it really encourages me, that story, um, to reach out, to touch people, and to ultimately just point them back to Jesus. Yeah, I think it's such a cool story. Uh, I will say, I, w- I will have a question actually for you guys is, we do have such a great community, um, but what would you guys say for someone who maybe just started a relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and they're trying to learn how to share their faith? Because it can be a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it was for me and maybe uh, for you guys. So I just want to hear your thoughts, how someone could maybe overcome that fear. 
I think if you're trying to, you, you got to be in community to overcome the fear. Mm-hmm. You got to be with groups of people who are doing the same thing yeah. because as humans, we, we are who we are around, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you're around people who are doing that, you, you see that, like the power in that. But I'll also say this, Pastor Eddie talks about it all the time. You could give the most fumbled, messed <laughs> yeah. up, like, like you could, you could be so nervous and share and you feel like you just did a, a train wreck of sharing the gospel. But mm-hmm. God's word is what has the power, not us. So, yeah, do you want to practice? you want to be as good as you can? That's why in our team track here to be on our team at Young Adults, Mm -hmm. we train and we we go through how to share your faith and we do how to uh, have spiritual conversations. But at the end of the day, I've never sat down across from someone and shared the gospel with them, and it was me who had the power. It was the words of God that had the Mm -hmm. power. I think that's so good, too, because, I mean, another option is you can say, to someone who's done it before. Hey, can I go with you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, or I have a friend that I just like accepted Christ and I like want to tell them my story and like the power of your own testimony is incredible because people see a difference in your life. You literally came from death to life, which is just incredible. And so to have someone who's done it before say, can, can you come with me? Can you help me? Can you like trade me a little bit? And I remember like my dad has said that for a long time of like, just like do it. And like the Holy spirit is going to work through you. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Not sponsor us. That would be awesome. But I remember (laughs) I was working in high school and I was like, I'm going to share the gospel with this girl at work. And I tell you what, I look back and I was like, what? Why did I start where I started? I think I started in Genesis. I'm not kidding. You gave the whole narrative. I was like, I'm going to share everything. And it was wild. And I was like, why did I do that? I don't even know if that made sense to her. (laughs) And I I, knew I needed to. And so I'm just reminded, too, of like, do what you can. And then, like, it's not our job to save people. It's our job to tell people. Mm. And God will do the work. And um, and so we can just be faithful to keep having that conversation. And even if you did it and you're like, ooh, that was bad, you know what? Try again. Hey, can we meet up again and, like, talk about some other stuff? Like, yeah. we have a ton of tools that we use, like, to go through, like, different aspects of the gospel so that hopefully they, they could process the gospel and, and hear about that and make a decision. Yeah. Um, I think similarly, I remember the first time I ever shared the gospel with one of my friends. Her name's Molly. Shout out. Um, but I remember I was so scared. It was on FaceTime. Um, she lives in Kansas City. And it was the first time I had shared the gospel before with strangers, but never with a friend. Um, and I just felt this huge prompting from the Holy Spirit, like, you need to share with her now. Um, and so I drove to a coffee shop, and I FaceTimed her, um, and I went through what was probably the messiest bridge illustration I have ever drawn out in my life. It didn't make sense. None of the dots connected. But at the end of it, she said yes, and she wanted to have a relationship with wow. Jesus. And I remember that really standing out to me as like, okay, no way that was me. No way I just did anything to save Molly. Um, but but God was using my messy, fumbled-through words. Um, and it reminds me, too, um, just— of the quote that obedience is not measured by the outcome. Um, And so I think that's an important thing that I have to remember when I'm sharing the gospel too, is it doesn't matter ultimately um, what I do. Um, What matters is that I'm obedient um, to share the gospel regardless of if they say yes or no. Um, So I think that's a a huge thing I have to remember. Yeah, Sarah, that is exactly what I was thinking when you were talking is you were obedient. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks a lot lot about how we can like listen to the words of God and like the instruction of God. But until we obey, like that's where it's at. And that's Mm -hmm. what we're called to do. We're actually sinning if we listen, but we don't obey. And so I think that is so huge. And so for anyone listening out there who's like, I've never shared or I don't know why it's, it's, you know, I should have my God goggles on. I would encourage you like, 
ask God for opportunities. And when he says do something, like do it, plan on it. Like mm-hmm. I love that you're like, I'm doing, I feel like I need to do this. Um, and so like that's the best one. I'm like, hey, I'm going to meet with a girl and I'm going to share. Will you please pray with me or pray for me? Because then it's like what I get back to like, how'd it go? Oh, I didn't share. Like, you know, you want to share with those mm-hmm. people and God can use it. Uh, but it's definitely our obedience. Yeah. yeah. And I would encourage anybody, if you're looking for some tools in that, you can go to highstreet.org slash conversations and you can download Faith Basics Guidebook. That just takes you through some basics and you'll be able to have some more confidence in sharing your mm-hmm. faith. We also have a bridge illustration tutorial. It's step-by-step. It's written out, but we also have a video that goes along with that. That's highstreet.org slash conversations. Um, and so D-Chan, uh, Sarah, thanks for being here today. And thank you all for your investment in our church. We love you guys and we appreciate you. We can't wait to catch you all again on the next episode of Open Mind. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having us.